Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. According to the World Health Organization, the United States is the most anxious nation on earth, with at least one in five people, a full 40 million Americans currently diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Those are some stunning statistics. Hello, everyone. I'm Pamela Brewer, welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. Today's guest is here to discuss the ways in which we can all learn to reduce our stress by restoring our agency. I'm very pleased to introduce to you Dr. Paul Knapper, who was the co-author with Dr. Anthony Rayo of The Power of Agency, The Seven Principles to Conquer Obstacles, Make Effective Decisions, and Create a Life on Your Own Terms. Dr. Knapper, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, with the subtitle of your book, I was expecting it to be about 25 volumes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a big topic. <laughs> absolutely. Let, let's start with your, if you would, giving us a tiny thumbnail sketch of who you are professionally and what you're doing these days. Absolutely. I, I work with business leaders. I'm a psychologist, and uh, my primary mission is helping leaders to be more successful in leading their enterprises. So I've worked with large businesses, Fortune 500 companies, startups. I've even worked with university uh, teams of of people, anywhere where leadership is an issue. Um, And my colleague and co-author, Dr. Rayo, he is an expert uh, working with families and children. So we both practice in the Boston area. And uh, we partnered on this project because we were both noticing similar trends in our, in our different uh, populations. So, and you alluded to, to to some of this in your in your intro, which is anxiety, anxiety and overwhelm, and uh, that you know kind of infecting more and more more people, more and more Americans at at every in every part of life. Let's start with, I want to come back to that, but, but why Americans are being so affected, but I, I want to start with what you mean by the power of agency. We, we hear that term often in today's world, but I think many people aren't really sure what it means. Yeah, great, great question. Um, it, it, it isn't clear to most people what what agency is referring to in in this context. I mean, people are aware of government agency, advertising agency, you know, et cetera. But agency in this context refers to human agency. And human agency is something that has been studied for many decades by social scientists, by philosophers and psychologists and sociologists. And it involves our capacity as, as human beings to make sense of our our, our circumstances, and to make choices, you know, ho- hopefully good choices in our lives to take our lives in a particular direction. 
And so agency is really fundamental to all of us in, in terms of how we live our lives, how we, uh, you know, choose to, to uh, pursue one thing versus another. Um, and what we like to say is that in so many ways, each and every one of us is the sum total of all the decisions we make over the course of our lifetimes. So, you know, our capacity as humans to make these choices, which obviously rests on, on, on decision making, um, is really important. It really largely determines what what kind of life you're going to have. And yet, you know, with all this, uh, you know, the importance on decision making, you know, we don't really teach decision making, you know, widely. It's not something that um, really gets taught to kids so much. I mean, you know, parents obviously try to impart a lot of that, but it's more informal. Um, so we wanted to write a book to help people to kind of take more control of of themselves, um, which is to say to build greater um, personal agency in in their lives. And so we, you know, we use that we use the word the the concept of agency, uh, knowing that for many people it it would it's it's not widely understood. So I'm glad you I'm glad you started with that. Let me thank you for that uh, explanation. I think it will help uh, many of our listeners. I, I want to go back to your talking about anxiety, and of course the the statistics that I quoted uh, from. I was going to say your material, but really it's from the World Health Organization. America has long been thought of by many as the land of honey. It's the land of plenty. You know, I mean, we all know it's a myth, but the streets are paved with gold. Everything is wonderful. Everything is glorious. It's a garden of Eden. So to hear now that we are the most anxious nation, in it just doesn't make sense. Or does it? Have we always been so anxious, or is this a new time? Another great question. Uh, the short answer is no. We have not always been this anxious. Uh, we 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 have a data um, that tracks anxiety among young adults in the United States from the late 1930s to the present day, and it has been a steady march upward from from that time. Uh, and it's pretty dramatic. Uh, to, you know, it's it's to the point where children today, the average child today in America, carries around a baseline level of anxiety that is consistent with a psychiatric inpatient uh, child in the 1950s. So, you know, we have you know just been steadily ramping up. Um, our, the, the level of anxiety that we, we all experience. And it's kind of been like that, that, that proverbial frog in the boiling pot of water. You know, it just you don't necessarily notice every little half degree of warming until all of a sudden, you know, the pot is near boiling and it's very uncomfortable. So we've gotten to a place where uh, this is a real problem. Um, you know, 20% of our population is diagnosed with a, a clinical anxiety disorder. Uh, medications are being dispensed, you know, very widely for for anxiety, and a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that this is such a widespread problem in in our culture. In other words, they think it's they they think it's just themselves. They they you know people tend to look at themselves yeah. and still in this day and age feel a bit ashamed of having any kind of mental health problem. 
So a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that you know this is really a, a public health uh, problem in our country, this anxiety. And the other thing I'll say on this <clears throat> is anxiety, another thing, another thing many people don't realize is anxiety is socially contagious. It actually spreads yes. from one person to the next in, 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 in the following way. You know, if, if you were spending a lot of time with highly anxious people, the chances are you're, you are going to pick up on, on, on those feelings. You're going to start feeling more anxious yourself. And so we, we've gotten to a place where, you know, we're, we're spreading it. We're spreading anxiety among the population, you know, un, unwittingly, not, 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 not by, by intention, but it's just it's, it, it's actually we're, we're spreading it around. I, I want to go back to, to two things you just talked about. Certainly the word contagion brings up the obvious that we're going through now. But I in terms of talking about children and the anxiety level of children, depending on one's age, the definition of child can change in terms of their age. It can be anything from 4 or 5 to 25. So when you talk about the anxiety level of children, what age range are you talking about? Yeah, we're talking about school age uh, children here, so <clears throat> and and their baseline levels of anxiety. The data that I was talking about in terms of uh, you know the rise in anxiety since the late 1930s, that is young adults. So so that's that's among a population of of um, primarily college aged students. So you know people in their 20s <clears throat> early 20s okay. so uh, but the data on um, baseline levels of, of, of anxiety in, in children that's 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 school-age kids so that's that's really in, in the in the age of you know you know six to six to twelve six to fourteen and and I think that you know almost no matter what you know one's age is you don't think of somebody six to twelve or fourteen as having anxiety. Uh, we kind of assume often that children are immune and in fact they are anything but. Clearly today we are experiencing a health crisis like no other for many, many of us. What do we do with the anxiety associated with that? I mean it's normal to be anxious but how do you negotiate it? How do you exert your own power of agency when you're dealing with the anxiety of today's world? Yeah, very important question. Um, and you know, we've we've talked thus far really about about the the, the problem, the scope of the problem, and um, not as not as yet about what some of the solutions are. So, in the current context with with COVID nineteen, uh, you, know, you know, on our shores. Uh, obviously, this has a direct impact on levels of anxiety. Now, anxiety is not all bad. Anxiety actually is a, an emotion that can be helpful to us, in that it can raise raise our raise the alarm bells, um, and uh, to you know get our attention and have us think about what we're we need to do. Um, and so anxiety plays a, plays an important role, healthy role in, in 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 human life. It's when it it persists for long periods of time, and and if it becomes you know, debilitating, um, when it become when that's a, then it's a big problem. And so in the current context with COVID nineteen, 
um, you know, people are struggling to find access to good information about what what are we dealing with, what is this situation, um, and how do I protect myself? And and part of the equation here, which this has a lot to do with agency, is you know how do I keep my bearings in the current context? How do I keep my how do I ensure my faculties remain intact as as I face this problem? Uh, for myself and my loved ones, uh, in managing my, my my work life, how do I ensure that you know I I have full access to all of my faculties so that the decisions I'm going to be making will 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 protect me and and my loved ones and so that's what agency involves. Agency is fundamentally about adaptation. It's about how do we need to adapt as people to whatever the whatever the context is that we find ourselves in. So today, as you bring up, we're in a crisis. I mean, we, we are in a pandemic. Um, and so there's a need to learn, right? There's a need to, to get to get access to good information, to learn, to 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 use your thinking skills, to figure out what you need to do to protect yourself and your family. And then um, there's a need to take action, take appropriate action. Um, and we see people struggling with this, right? We see, you know, we read the newspaper this morning, you read about people uh, reading stuff on social media that tells them that it's it's 5G cell towers that are causing the crisis and we need to destroy the cell towers. And this is happening in the U.K., um, where I think there have been 80 isolated incidents of, of people out destroying, trying to destroy cell phone towers um, because they believe that's causing the, the pandemic. So, you know, we're, as, as humans, we're prone to making mental errors. We, we know this. We have robust research on this. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful in, in, in terms of where we get our information. We need to be careful in terms of how we think through um, problems, um, and so um, lest we, you know, we we fall uh, prey to um, to bad thinking, you know, to to um, ideas that can lead us astray. So agency has a lot to do with this whole idea of how do we as humans marshal our all our capacities um, to in the best possible way to make choices in, in, our, in our lives. And in the current context, obviously, it's really a critical, it's, it's a critical time. I and mean, we have to do things differently. We have to live differently. We have to change some of our habits, at least temporarily, to, to adapt to the current situation. So it does require, it requires a lot of agency, um, fr- frankly. You know, as you go through each of the seven principles for building agency, and, we're, and we don't have the, the time to do that in in this conversation, but I noticed that the first two, in a lot of ways, are very similar. Tops on your list is controlling the stimuli, which is kind of what you've been talking about. And then the second is associate selectively. I think it's the second. So those two, I, I mean, I'm struck because they're similar in many ways. It talk, uh, talk about them when you say control the stimuli and then you add to that associate selectively. Yeah, all the, the, the there's seven principles in our book that help you to build agency, and they all interrelate. They all have they're all connected somewhat to each other. So the first two, as you mentioned, the first being control stimuli. This this has to do with what what you allow to enter into your brain, what stimuli, meaning you know outside 
you know, um, information or um, any type of stimuli, it's very important to understand what we allow to enter into our brains because if we allow too much of the wrong kind of, of, of stimuli in, it, it confuses and distracts us. It gets in our way. And um, today, obviously, we, we live in an, an, an era of where there's just unlimited amounts of, of information, of stimuli that, 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 that we can allow to enter into our brain. So this first principle of agency is about managing this more in your life, thinking about this, understanding that, you know, that we live in many ways in the best possible times because we have access to information that we, we did not have 30 or 50 years ago. But it, 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 it has become incumbent upon all of us to make good choices in terms of what what we expose ourselves to because there's you know some things are much more helpful and some things are frankly destructive so that's what control stimuli has to do with it's being aware of the sources of stimuli that you allow to enter into your brain the second principle that you asked about we call associate selectively this is about paying attention to who you have in your life uh, in terms of you know close close connections um, what we know about um, agency, about people having access to higher levels of agency, is that when we surround ourselves with more positive, more supportive people, um, we actually feel better, we have better mental health, we have better physical health, and we actually are able to better uh, direct our lives and, and take our lives in, in the desired direction. So it's very important to think about and this is where I think you drew the similarity between control stimuli and associate selectively, it's very important to pay attention to who are, who are the people closest to in your life? Do they, are they supportive? Do they help you to become the best version of yourself? Do they check you? Do they provide a check when you're, you know, you're thinking a crazy thought, right? So, so we need people we can learn from, people who support us, people who help keep us positive, in our lives, if we're around people who are the opposite of that, people who are negative, people who um, tear us down, people who, you know, um, destroy our confidence, um, you know, we can easily get to a place that we call a psychologist learned helplessness. And learned helplessness is 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 basically when you get to a place where you have a complete breakdown in your level of personal agency. And what, what learned helplessness means is, you know, you, you get to a place where you just feel like there's nothing I can do to improve upon my, my life situation. And you just feel completely stuck, completely trapped and completely powerless. And so, you know, ensuring that you're around good, 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 healthy, you know, optimistic people is, is one of the surest ways of preventing yourself from getting to that place. You know, certainly when you bring up uh, the concept of learned helplessness, that could take us, or at least it could take me, into a whole different conversation. So I will just note <laughs> that you said that. And, but I do want to go back to the idea of controlling stimuli and, of course, associating selectively. You're recommending, and it's certainly valid, that we pay attention to what we let in. But isn't what we let in and choose to pay attention to often a value judgment that is perhaps unrelated to reality or 
might be related to our reality, but to no one else's or not many other people? I, I think I, I think what you're asking is do do people tend to just gravitate to certain things yes. um, out of preference? Yes. And um, and isn't that okay? And 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 how do you how do you assign a value judgment on one thing over over another? Um, is that that's I think that's what you're asking, yes. right? Yeah. And well, I I don't know if it's okay. Um, it's certainly human. But if I have a preference to take information from this source, it might well be harming me. But if I believe this source and this is my source, how will I know to separate myself from this source? Great. That's a great, great question. Um, and, you know, we, we live in a, in a time when, again, as we've said, there's so, there's so much information out there. And we also live in a very commercial culture, right? We, yes. you know, we in America, we, we're all about um, you know, creating business models, and um, it's 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 something that's actually very positive. But there's a downside to that, a darker side to that. And and what I mean by that is, you know, it, you know, in, information is something that's packaged and 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 sold. It's there's a commercial value to information. And as what we do know about ourselves as people is that we develop belief systems along the way. Belief systems in, in this case, and this is fundamental to the understanding of agency, belief systems that, or beliefs that we develop um, along the way um, are meant to be temporary guides to us. They, they, they're meant to kind of just help us navigate through our, our lives. Um, belief systems were never meant to be permanent, fixed things that, that we never look at or never adjust. Um, and yet, in part because of the information we have out there today that's been marketed and packaged and essentially sold to people, um, you know, you've got some pe you've got some people just convinced that they're a hundred percent right, yes. and that that means then implies then that everybody else is a hundred percent wrong, and that's fundamentally not helpful. I mean, that's that's destructive because we need to be open to learning along the way and adjusting our beliefs as we learn more more information um, that's the key, that's one of the keys to um, you know living a more a, a healthier and more successful life and yet you know we we real you know what we realize is you know there are business models out there today that simply realize they can cash in on fanning the flames of, of people's biased thoughts their their fixed belief systems and they're essentially telling people, hey, you know, you're perfectly free to believe whatever you want, and we're here to convince you that you're 100% right, and you don't need to look more deeply into any of of this. We've got, you know, we 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 know everything here. Just tune in to us, and and um, you know, and that 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 creates problems because as people, we're better off when we question things, right? When we Absolutely. think more independently, and don't and when we don't accept things that were just spoon-fed, especially when it's coming from commercial sources where someone's trying to make a buck off of us. We need to question things. And so agency has to do with that. It has to do with finding your way to developing a truly independent point of view. Um, and that starts with, you know, being paying attention to where you're getting your information from. And some sources, as we know, I think you, you mentioned, you, you kind of allude to this, Pamela, is some sources of information are simply more accurate than others. It's just, it, it, it's just, that is how it works. Kind of it is, So it understanding, is. 
right? Understanding how accurate the, the sources of information you expose yourself to is a good place to start. Dr. Knapper, there are probably about 125 more questions that I want to ask you, but time gets away from us. So let me just ask you, or at least point out, two more concepts that uh, you and your colleague talk about in the power of agency. You suggest that we check our intuition. For many of us, we've sort of been taught to ignore that. So I, I, I would like for you to very briefly, if you could, address that. And then finally, you suggest that in for people reading your book, that we read with our shields down. What is that? Let's start with intuition. Let's start with intuition. Perfect. I'm glad you asked that question because um, it's, it, 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 it's it's very important. As, as humans, we we all have uh, an intuitive capability. Um, some people have fully developed this um, ability, and and others have not. And I think, as you just said, and I and I couldn't agree with you more. For a lot of us, we're taught to to, to mistrust you know, intuition. And yet what we know from research um, over the last 30 so years is that as humans, we primarily use intuition in making most of our day-to-day decisions. That is the reality. So they're basically, just to simplify things, there are essentially two, two primary forms of thinking. There's more sort of slow, analytical, logical reasoning where you reason through, you know, you, you gather data, you analyze that data, you, you sort of, you know, make sense using the logical centers of your brain, you make sense of the data, and then you make a decision based on that reasoning. Intuition is different. Intuition is is something, and we, we talk about this in the, in the book at some length, of what intuition is and what it is not. And for a lot of people, intuition is just seen as, uh, you know, it's kind of akin to astrology or it's something um, that, you know, is esoteric. Um, but intuition, which is which I contrast to this more logical reasoning, uh, more you know, sort of slower thinking. Intuition is when something you know uh, occurs to us that relates to past experiences we've had. There are different types of intuition. They all can be developed, and because we use intuition each and every day without really acknowledging that we're doing it. Um, it's very important to develop this skill further. And so in our book, we go into length, you know, great length on how to do that, how to, how to develop the different forms of intuition, how to use them wisely, and how to keep them in check also. Because there are certainly decisions where you really want to keep your intuition in check and you want to use your more logical, you know, sort of data-driven analytical um, skills to think through a decision. So ideally, in an ideal world, as humans, we have access to both. We have, you know, well-developed intuitive skills, and we also have well-developed critical thinking skills. And that's the goal. That's sort of the gold standard. Um, and, and when you, you know, when you can achieve that, when you can have a well-developed ability to think critically combined with an ability to access your, your in, intuition, um, the, you know, the hit rate of your decision-making accuracy goes up a lot. So that's what intuition. So intuition is a huge thing. I'm I'm so glad you asked about it. Um, so, and, and finally, so the second part yes, of your question, I think, had down. to do with 
what was it? Um, read with your read book down. with shields down, right? <laughs> and that, and that's a good way to live your life, also. Which is what we mean by read the book with your shields down is uh, is try to keep an open mind. Um, read read the book and try on for size some of the different ideas um, contained in the book. Um, you know, test them out for yourself and make your own independent decisions. Um, so when we say, you know, have your shields down, it's, it's really about that. Be less, be less defensive. Be, try to open yourself up to true uh, learning. And it's a good practice to, to keep in, in your life also um, because life, you know, life doesn't, life doesn't always fit into tidy little boxes, right? We, you know, we, 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 when we open ourselves to truly learn, about ourselves, about the world around us, um, we increase our our level of, of of power. We increase our capacity to make better better choices, and so and that's that's really at the end of the day what it what it's all about. Dr. Paul Napper, I so want to thank you for taking time out to to spend with us today and to talk about the power of agency again, folks. The Power of Agency is authored by Dr. Paul Knapper and Dr. Anthony Rayo. And Dr. Knapper, I'm going to assume that folks can get lots more information about the Power of Agency pretty much anywhere they go. That's right. The book is sold at, at Amazon, obviously, uh, Barnes & Noble, most all bookstores. You can also look us up at, on our website, which is powerofagency.com. Um, there's more information about the concept, and there's even a mini little test on there, and uh, you can see all of our speaking events and, and various things there as well. So thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you again for the time and for the work that you were both doing. And, folks, thank you for joining us today on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you as an educational public service. It is not intended to replace any work that you may choose to do with the professional of your choosing. MindTalk is available on demand by going to mindtalk.org. That's M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. If you'd like to be in touch with me directly, that email address is Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, at mindtalk, M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. And folks, I want you to remember always, if it's unacceptable, then that's what it is, unacceptable. You take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>